<laughs> okay, good afternoon everyone. <coughs> Thank you for being here to this uh, In Real Life Tetare episode 73. It's not going to be on IG Live, unfortunately, because of technical difficulties, but we will upload it immediately afterwards. Don't worry. Okay, so it's not censorship, okay? Uh, they, they didn't get to us. So, uh, not yet, not yet. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this episode goes. Yeah. So, today we will be talking about arts and community building and arts as a social practice. And I think it's a different, it's a particular form of art that, to be honest, I wasn't too familiar with as well. So today we have uh, two extremely uh, experienced uh, practitioners who are going to speak to this topic, and uh, Sulin and Shayun, and they will be sharing with us their experiences and hopefully we'll ask some questions, some more provocative and controversial questions along the way as well, hopefully. Right? Uh, and by the way, I don't, I don't really mind the, the noise in the background. I think it adds to the atmosphere. It's fine. So, uh, so without further ado, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your own organisations and what do you understand by art as a social practice? Thanks. I go first. Um, so hi everyone, my name is Sulin. I'm the ED of uh, Arts Walk Collaborative. Thank you so much for coming out on a Saturday afternoon to join us. Um, looking forward to your questions. Um, so Arts Walk, we've uh, been around for 10 years. I'm one of the co-founders together with Ko Siu Hui. Um, and we essentially work in the field of arts-based community development. Um, so what that means is we work a lot with artists, with different types of stakeholders, communities of course, um, funders, policy makers, so on and so forth. And depending on what the issues are or, or the needs or the interests of the community, we then uh, work as intermediaries or creative producers. Um, and we, um, together with the communities, create programs. Uh, we also run workshops where we train artists and also other um, practitioners like social workers, com workers, even those in healthcare who want to use creative approaches to work with communities. Um, so that's Arts Walk, and uh, like I mentioned, we've been doing it for 10 years. I'm not sure whether you've heard of some of our programs like Both Sites Now. Uh, this is a program we do on having end-of-life conversations in different communities, also been around for 10 years. Uh, also the Greenhouse Sessions is a community of practice that we convene for arts and other practitioners as well uh, who want to work with communities using arts-based approaches. So um, we're kind of issue agnostic in that sense and we work with different types of communities as well. Yeah. So, Shireen? Thank you, Sulin. Hello, everyone. I'm Shireen. So I run a community development organization called Three Pumpkins. And uh, I identify myself as a socially engaged artist. Uh, my work is in the social, social practice. Actually, we also can, we also, I mean, for me personally, I see it more like a relational art. So maybe we can talk about um, what is an artist? Anybody artist here? You identify yourself as an artist? Just raise your hand now, be proud about it. Yeah, yeah, proudly, yes. So what is the art, right? So when I was having a conversation with a friend before, uh, and she's French. I think, I'm not sure if anybody speaks French here. What I remember she saying was that the artist transform something ordinary into something that is out of ordinary. So maybe if you are a visual artist, you from clay, charcoal, these are ordinary form of material, right? And you transform it into something extraordinary, something different. So for someone in relational art, we look at relationship. So we embed ourselves in the community. We look at relationship, we look at power dynamics, 
And we think about maybe we can do some intervention that might change that relationship in the community. So in the last five, oh no, 2016 until now, so seven, seven years is it? Okay. Um, uh, I'm looking at how can we uh, transform some community relationship, and that's also with stakeholders, with families, with children, to support the, um, to respect the voices and the autonomy of children living in the rental flats. Um, so in the last seven years, I also created this children's club called Tatakut Kids Club. Tatakut means no fear. So to work with um, government agency, social service landscape to be more child-centric because they can be more adult-centric, right? To really hear the voices of the children. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. So in your answers, it seems like, or it seemed like you started off saying that your work is sort of apolitical-ish. Until, until you mentioned the, the phrase power dynamics, right? And that's, that's what I really wanted to pick up on. So how, how does art intersect with politics in Singapore, right? The kind of art that you do. Uh, is, it, is it supposed to be apolitical? How do you envision it? I mean, if you look at even now uh, the, the, the Palestinian conflict, I mean, in the States, a lot of people are looking to the artist to say something. Which artist is saying something which is not? And I think there's a particular historical uh, issue there, right? Because they say everything on every... They pontificate on every single issue. So people are wondering why suddenly you're not saying anything. But we don't have that expectation of artists or art in Singapore. Right? Uh, so what exactly is the expectation of art? Where, in regard to its intersection with politics in Singapore, is it supposed to be apolitical? Do you get more done because it's apolitical? Me first, huh? <laughs> um, no, I think it's a great question. It's a tough one. I think it really depends. I think different people have different expectations of art and what art does. Um, so if I speak in terms of the field we're in, which is socially engaged arts or social practice, I think it is not apolitical. I mean, for Arts Walk, we do work, um, you know, arts-based community development. And by community development, we do mean recognizing the agency of individuals within communities. Um, how do we build relationships? How do individuals, how do citizens work together for change? And for us, a big part is social change. Um, and because of that, one cannot be apolitical, right? Because you're looking at... Uh, dynamics between individuals, between individuals and systems. You're looking at um, allocation of resources. Um, so all this involves politics, right? Or, or right. Um, so and because it is about social change, we all have views, agendas, objectives. So so yeah, it it is not apolitical. Um, but then I guess how we work together is then crucial. Uh, who gets to be at the table? Uh, how collaborative is it? Um, you know, so dialogue and discussion becomes really important. How do we uh, co-produce? How do we cooperate? How do we collaborate? And then, of course, empowerment is at the other end of the spectrum, and empowerment is more, diffi more difficult, I would say. You know, um, because it really involves uh, a lot of self-reflexivity in how we practice and how do we, um, as artists, as practitioners, not get in the way of community as well. Um, so yeah. Maybe I can give an example. 
So when I was in the rental flat estate, I realized that at the void deck, the shop houses, right? So there's this commonality in different neighborhoods. So you could have one owner renting a whole row of shop houses. Um, and you also see that these are all commercial spaces, so they cannot be social service spaces. So if you look at a neighborhood, the social service agency, like a family service center, they are like, I would say, parked in the armpit of the neighborhood. Lah. You don't see them at all. So my, my thinking is that social service, especially also with dealing with community, they have to be seen in the, in the, with a, there's high footfall. So these are commercial spaces. So I have to advocate for that, right? Um, how should I advocate for it? Should I write a play about it? Should I... So who is my audience? What do I want to move? Um, I want to get that space for the community, right? So then I have to strategize. So who is my audience? How do I do it? So I raise it up in a Singapore forward conversation, actually. So uh, Minister Desmond Lee was there. I raised this issue, lah, you know, that uh, these spaces are commercial spaces and that's not right. Um, and I guess eventually for Tataku Kids Club, we did, we did get a commercial space for the kids in Boon Lay. So is that apolitical? Oh, you're asking me. So, so I, I, first of all, I don't think anything can be apolitical, right? Being, being apolitical is a political choice. It's just that you choose to not engage in some kinds of politics over others. But if I could ask the question again. <laughs> no, but this is fine, this is fine. I'm happy to answer questions as well. So, uh, you said uh, who gets to be at the table. So, who gets to be at the table in Singapore, right? So, it seems like this forward Singapore thing, like you were invited, but how many of you were invited to any of the forward Singapore? Ex Anyone? I wasn't as well, so uh, I mean, I, I would have loved to be. I, <laughs> is it is it is it like that, or it's by invitation, right? Like you were right. It was by invitation, right? So clearly, there's an inclusion and exclusion of certain voices, right? So who gets to be at the table? And also, you mentioned something interesting that you, while doing your art, you don't want artists to get in the way of community. What what exactly do you mean? So I, I think it's the way artists um, facilitate. I think it's the way artists... Um, because, you know, this process also involves a lot of listening to stories. Um, and then how do you then work with those stories with the community to create art? So it could be writing plays, it could be photography, it could be, you know, making an artwork, a visual artwork. But ultimately, who gets to decide what gets made? or what goes into the making, or whose story is told and not told. That is a, a process of working through with communities, right? So being sensitive to power and who's included, excluded becomes important. So we used to run a youth theatre festival called M1 Peer Pleasure Youth Theatre Festival, and it was working with young people on civic issues or social issues. Um, so there's one year we, will, we looked at poverty in Singapore, right? So going back to the apolitical, right? So it's, it's not apolitical. And we wanted young people to be able to have a voice to talk about this because it's quite sensitive in schools to talk about poverty and low, right? 
Um, but we thought it was crucial for young people to be able to have that space to talk about it together with researchers like Yo Yan and you know, uh, being part of that research team. So doing research, coming up with plays, writing their own stories about it, staging it, so on and so forth. But of course, the directors and the artists working with the young people, I mean, they have to be very sensitive, right? Um, uh, you know, whose story gets told, who doesn't, you know, uh, what if there is intervention in terms of the script, uh, you know, in terms of censorship and all of that, and there was a bit of that, you know, so it's like, um, yeah, it, it is really a process, a dialogic process, there's no formula and there's no right or wrong, it's a constant process of negotiation, yeah. I, I think it's uh, fundamentally... Um, in the work we do, what are the, who is it for? Uh, and we have to weigh the different outcomes that we want in what we do. Because we are so much uh, embedded in the community, our relationship with the community and the different stakeholders. So making a certain statement or how do we amplify the community voices can have many, um, can affect many parties. Um, and we want to embed ourselves in a community. I think first is we want to see that it first have to benefit for a community uh, that we are working with. Uh, for me, is the children in the in living in the rental flat estate. So, of course, there are definitely issues where it has to be amplified at a um, level where we talk about systems. Um, but we have to think about the work in the long term. Um, that we have to empower the community first to have that voice to speak for themselves. Um, so we don't... It's not too much about the artist's voice yet. Yeah? Because our work is to facilitate them to have a voice. So this work is a uh, long-term work. Mm. Okay, so, so building on that, and this is my, my third question. You know, so a lot of people, including myself, we, we, we tend to see of art as a form of bastion of resistance right? against, against power, against repression, uh, against whatever it is, right? And it, not, not in Singapore, in any other country as well. Uh, so do you see that in, in terms of the, the art that you do? Uh, or is it, is it better to get co-opted or to be cooperative in order to get things done? And you make that as a conscious political choice. Okay, yeah, I mean... I don't get to resist or whatever it is, but I get to I get my space by after attending the Forward Singapore Dialogue, no, by by engaging and by by doing this constructive engagement. So how how do you position yourself? So I guess also what is resistance and what does it look like in different contexts, right? So not to blanket it. I think I think artists in Singapore, we resist in our own ways, but what are we resisting against? Again, you know, we'll change in different contexts. Um, I think the fact that we do look for untold narratives or we do look for communities that are marginalized and want their stories to be heard, we want them to be part of the co-creation process. I guess maybe those can be considered forms of resistance against maybe a, a dominant way of working or, you know, do dominant narratives, right? But Maybe for the hardcore, that's not enough. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's still core option to some extent if we get funding from the state. If we, right? So again, core option can mean different things to different people. So, um, but for Artswalk, because we are intermediaries, our role is to facilitate. 
people, private, public sectors coming together or different types of stakeholders, then I guess that's it. Lah. We, we, we are co-opted, right? If you're hardcore about it, like, okay, that's it. Um, but is that necessarily a bad thing? And in Singapore, is there, are there ways to work where we're not co-opted? I don't know. Maybe it depends on who your audience is also, right? Like maybe if I want to do a solo show, no funding from state or whatever, and I, but then maybe my audience won't be very big. I don't know. And also, are they the target audience? So if I want to work with communities, I want to look at social change, involving systems and all of that, that's it. Lah. I mean, the state has to be involved somehow, right? So, um, yeah. Mm, I think it's good to see artists as someone who is, has resistance to a mediocre mind. Just be critical, do things critically. Um, whether I think co-opted or not is a choice. Lah. And you make that choice with a critical mind. So when I first started the work, I think the, I wouldn't come say that I was, it was a resistant, but I realized that to get to a community, for any artist, you have to go through an intermediary, right? You, whether you go through a school, you go through a social service agency, you go through, you receive some sort of funding, you will have to go through an intermediary or whether it's through the PA uh, to get to a community. So for me, I see that as a problem. So what I do is that I go straight to the playground. I play with the kids. Then I get a direct access. So play with the children after three years, I think I cannot just keep playing with the children. Lah. So I also have to play with the adults who are also affecting the children's life, right? So then you have to work with the, um, the people governing the spaces, lah, these neighborhood spaces. You have to work with PA. I think it's very hard to resist PA. You, the resistance actually comes in having to work with them and getting them to really see what is on the ground. And then can we find a sort of... I think very hard to find common ground. Lah. But at least you know that there's some that is alternative. There are different ways of doing things. There are also different voices. So that kind of uh, dialogue going on. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's resistant to me mediocre mind. Yeah, be critical. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So, so if I could, I could build on that, right? So, uh, it seems that there is no in in the art uh, art scene in Singapore. There is no getting around the state. When I first did the work for three years, I didn't... I mean, I received a bit of funding here and there. Um, I think in that, I also changed the kind of evaluation system in KPI. I think that's a lot of what we have to deal with. Um, so I, I think in that way, it's also getting around the state. Basically, you don't take the money. Lah. So I don't take the money for three years. I can do what I want. After a while, I realized that, okay, this is the work to do, and you have to fund this. Yeah. No, I do think you can get around the state. Um, I think then, yeah, who do you work with to do your art? Where is it being staged or held? Are they, there are independent spaces in Singapore. You don't have to take state funding. But just be very clear then who your target audience is and what is the purpose of your art. Um, so I think it is possible, yeah. Okay, so to be co-opted is a choice, right? So uh, a lot of people would make that choice Nobody, nobody gets co-opted and then say, oh, I'm going to be co-opted because I want to change my values, right? <laughs> nobody ever says that. But the, the, the process of change comes after being co-opted because you're up against a, a monster, not, not in terms of values, but in, uh, in terms of size. Like, this is a state that has co-opted many, 
many greater men and women before us and will continue to go up greater men and women after us, right? So how does a person then make, how does an artist make that choice, right? I, I understand the power, power imbalance, but ultimately I get, what would you consider as a victory from that, that process of cooperating with, with them? Victory, yeah. <laughs> Big word. Um, I mean, maybe I use an example. So both sides now, right? A project about end-of-life conversations. And when we first started, it was commissioned by Lian Foundation and Ang Chimo Foundation. So for all intents and purposes, independent foundations, uh, not affiliated with the state. Um, and I mean, we could do a project on that level. I mean, the first year was at Kutek Puat Hospital. Now, is that the state? There are public hospitals. So is it already, you know? Um, so, but I, I think victory is, because for us, it is about death literacy. It is about building communities around end-of-life conversations. And for me, that's interesting because it's not just about the end-of-life conversations. I found after doing this work for 10 years, actually, that, you know, death is a great leveler. Anyone and everyone, you know, in all our difference, right, be it, you know, ethnic, you know, sexual orientation, gender, whatever, all of us die, all of us go through the dying process. Um, and in that sense, is the ability to connect uh, over that issue is very high, uh, despite our differences. And, we, and when we work through the arts, because it's the sharing of stories, we're exchanging, there's a certain vulnerability involved. So people's emotional space is open. I find that to be a very powerful space that, um, well, I'm hoping Arts for we can leverage on that a bit more. So we're now doing a longer-term work in Yishun, community development approach. So going back again to agency and solidarity. And how can we, through having conversations that start off, uh, start off with death and dying, then move? Because it's intersectional. It's never just about death and dying. It's about your socioeconomic status. It's about your family dynamics. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Gender. Last year's edition, we worked with the Malay Muslim community. We did research on that. And there were a whole bunch of issues around that in terms of you know, issues and what, what was surfaced, you know, the challenges in the Malay Muslim community about planning for end of life. Um, so it's, it's so rich, right? And I guess victory for me is, yes, we do take Ministry of Health funding, we do get tote board funding, um, but if we stay true to our cause and our objectives, and that is having end-of-life conversations, but then it's plus, 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 and we're on the way, it's a journey, right? We don't have the answers yet, but as long as we're embedded within communities, as Shirin says, you start with a particular topic and then it ripples, right? And we need resources to do this work if we want to bring it out to more communities. And I think as long as we're clear when we collaborate what the stakes are, what our values are, what our non-negotiables are, when do we walk away? As long as we're in control of that process, to me, that's victory. And of course, we have to see the, the impact la, on the communities, right? So again, going in, knowing what we want to do and it's never so clear always it's it's dynamic it's a process but then it goes back to our principles and our values so i think victory for me is staying true to that path um being open but very self-reflexive and being knowing when to let go and walk away when when too much compromise is taking place yeah um it is an issue it is a big monster I think I'm also, now we are, I think we, 
in the work of uh, Tatakut Kids Club, in short form TTKC, yeah, it's, it's looking, I mean, people are saying it's a valuable thing. Um, and of course, then there is always the pressure then to scale it and then uh, create a system for it. And why I agree to do it is because I think it is good to have some system for this sort of work. So, okay, I take that. Um, but I'm also seeing that it can also very easily, you know, you can very easily become corrupted also. Because once you open up the venues, the doors, right, all the resources are there. Um, it's very convenient also. And you have to speak a certain language to get to these resources. Um, so one of the strategy I take is that, um, so every year we, this is not a fundraising pitch, I'm just saying this is really a strategy. I, I try to raise about 100,000 and then these are very, these are really public money. Uh, these are not uh, funders money. So 100k keeps the facilities open um, for the kids in the neighbourhood uh, and keeps it running. Uh. And we are also empowering the, the youth and the family themselves to run the centre. So in any case, when I feel that, wow, well, you know, I don't want to play this game anymore, I'll just shut the whole thing up. But then the kids still have their space. So that is how I try to stay true. I don't know about victory question, though. I, I don't think about it, though. Yeah. So, so, but I think the, the, the question and the worry, uh, or I mean, rather not worry, lah, concern about being co-opted and then you losing the way, is definitely very real. Mm. I want to add on something about co-option. I think that's where you guys are very important, the community, like the wider community. You need to keep us accountable, artists and all of that. That's where the wider dialogic, the conversations, the accountability, all that is important. You know, we, we can't do this alone in that sense. And the more voices there are at the table, holding each other accountable, I think that's maybe also a different form of victory, right? Because, yeah. Thank you. I think, I think those were really excellent answers. <coughs> so if you have any questions or comments, just raise your hands. We don't have to wait until the end. Okay. So my, my next question is, uh, just, just politically looking at the, at the scene in Singapore, I would say since 2015, there has been a shrinking of the political space in terms of contestation, so ability to contest, right? And you see the passing of a few, um, shall I say, draconian laws, or like POFMA and so on, which, which just makes the, the atmosphere of self-censorship more acute and so on. So do you see this happening in the spaces that you are operating in? Or is, is your space not affected by whatever is, is going on? Um, in the spaces that I operate in, maybe not. We're just having a conversation. It's very funny. Because as I was doing more and more of the work, I'm further and further away from the arts and the regulation of the arts. So I'm seeing myself, you know, uh, just sharing. I re we recently got a charity status and we are under the ministry, the MSF. We are not under the arts. And somehow in being in this sphere, it, it, I think there's a recognition that whatever you do is good for the community. Lah. So when you say something that is not too, you know, acceptable, I think the audience still accept it because it's like, oh yeah, you know that is this. Uh, you are speaking up for the community for the kids, uh, but you are not in the arts. You see, it's it's very odd. I still feel I still feel odd sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I resonate with that, actually, and I don't know whether to say this, but 
Thank you, wallet. <laughs> I knew that would work. Um, no, I think there's a lot of power in the community, uh, or in communities, where I think it's important for these stories and voices and, and citizens and residents to be the one saying the difficult things or saying the challenging things because there is a lack of trust of artists in our society and the minute it comes from artists, suddenly like red, you know, like, like fire alarm, lah, right? Uh, which, is, which, is, which is a sad state of affairs. Uh, it's unfortunate and I, this is a big question. How do we, how does, how do we regain, how does the state regain or how do, how can artists be trusted more, you know, uh, by the state? And that's a huge one. And maybe it's a bit of generalization because I do think it's a bit more nuanced than that. But unfortunately, sometimes the minute artists are in the picture, you know, like suddenly there's a lot more attention, certain doors close without even the engagement process, right? And there's a lot of historical baggage and all that. But when the stories come from the community or it's someone else is saying it, it's okay, you know, it's, it's a bit more uh, open and receptive and, oh, you know, say more, right? So maybe forward as recent conversations, I don't know, I didn't attend any, so I don't know what it was like, but um, so there is power there, right? So we don't see the, 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 those sort of challenges within our practice, I think, a lot of times because it is about giving community voices and we do want to open up those spaces. And actually, that's what the state wants too. Uh, but how far it'll go and what happens after all these things are said uh, is a different thing and I guess who gets to do the work or who gets to effect the change, all those are different issues. Lah. Um, yeah. You said there's a lack of trust of artists in society, you mean by the state? Or, or the society, the wider community do not really trust artists? I think both. I think both. And I don't want to generalize, right? So it's not everyone in government, it's not everyone in society, but there are individuals in power who I think, you know, uh, just based on work, not necessarily that we have done, but friends and all of that, that. Sometimes, how come we didn't even get a chance to, you know, have a dialogue about it or engage? And it's, it's you know, tough, right? Um, and I guess maybe certain funders or certain, you know, members, you know, in society, like, um, I, I do think sometimes there is this, you know, oh, can artists be trusted? Or, oh, you know, artists are in the picture, so it's going to be uh, difficult or challenging or, you know, maybe a bit of discomfort. Yeah, but I won't say it's all the time. Um, and, yeah, so I, I'm not sure also sometimes where do these perceptions come from necessarily. Um, but certain narratives do get reinforced every now and then about, about artists. Lah. So sometimes if you're not discerning enough, then like, oh, you know, just because artists, then you're a troublemaker, right? But artists are there to ask questions, to ask difficult questions, to, you know, look at society differently, to help open up those spaces for dialogue, to bridge difference, to provoke and all of that, right? Because um, it is about that critical thinking that you were alluding to that I, I do think artists occupy a very special place in society um, So I mean part of the things that you know I guess yeah, this is a question that's been with me for a long time now. How can that trust be built? Uh, between artists and the state. It's not necessarily the work of arts walk per se uh, But for me as a practitioner being in the arts for almost 20 years and seeing quite a lot over the 20 years um, but I find it more um, empowering to work in the space of communities now. I feel that's where the excitement is. Thank you. That was, that was really comprehensive. And I, I was wondering as well, but you already said that uh, you don't really 
have it nailed down why why that perception exists right on the part of the state okay so does anyone have any questions or comments none so far okay so what does successful community building look like to you in singapore in the spaces that you are in and what are the obstacles in getting there um a community is like a family uh, like a very big family so what is a successful family <laughs> the one that fights successful family <laughs> the one that can laugh together a family that can talk about difficult issues together but good luck trying to measure all that so that's the challenge everybody is trying i think everybody i think including the state knows that you know but everybody wants to find out and how are we going to measure this thing right what are the indicators what are the impact of this so this is a, always this is the biggest challenge you want how do you want to measure what are the indicators of a successful community building when it is about people laughing together crying together and talking about difficult issues together yeah mm. Successful community building for, for me and for Arts Walk. Uh, I think there's a lot of good community building going around, actually. Uh, I think we saw a lot of it during the COVID years or so. A lot of ground-up organizing, a lot of mutual help, a lot of communities rallying and also being built at the same time. But I think for us, it's about diversity and bridging difference. So it's, again, coming back to who's at the table. Uh, how can uh, difference within communities be not just tolerated or accepted, but maybe even celebrated, like recognizing difference as a strength. Uh, and it's tough, right? Because we often like to be with, you know, people of the same mind, same hearts. And, um, but then how do we grow and learn and how do we evolve? Um, so I think community building, good community building means that there is diversity within that community that is um, embracing one another and I mean this can sound very idealistic and whatever lah, okay, but that's what we're here for, right? To be idealistic and then we get disappointed but it's okay, we keep doing it because if you don't set the bar high, then you'll always be low, right? So, um, so, so yeah, I mean I think it's about difference within that community and not just tolerating, embracing, but how do we work together? So that's where the social change comes in, right? Because it's not just about, okay, la, we spend time, we eat together, we laugh, and you know, all important. But then how do we actually work together to effect change that we want for our communities? And that's where community development happens. It goes beyond community engagement. Um, so if that can happen, to me, that is successful community building. And that's what we do in terms of social practice. And that's where artists come in. Because artists ask the questions, the difficult ones, we hold space, we facilitate. Uh, arts is a form of communication, of expression and all of that, right? So, so to me, that's um, successful community building. Uh, yes, it's hard to evaluate. There's no template to do this. Every community is different. Um, so, you know, how do we recognize pr good practice? What are principles we hold to? How can we do that in different types of communities? And it'll look different depending on the communities, depending on the artists, right? I think what's challenging is we don't have enough artists doing this work. I don't know whether you feel the same way, but um, I think in Singapore, it's a relatively new area of practice in the sense that, I mean, artists have been doing this for a long time, but in terms of coalescing into a field, 
I mean, that's what ArtsWalk is doing, trying to build this arts-based community development field. Um, and training is something that we do and we want to do more of, right? But actually even getting artists to be interested in coming into this field or doing social practice uh, has been a bit tough. I think largely because there is no training institution in Singapore that trains artists in this area. So you either go overseas or you learn as you do, which can be very scary because the stakes are high. You're working with communities, some of them are vulnerable. Um, so that is a big challenge, training, right? Um, I would say longer-term funding is also an issue. So there, you can get funding for projects, but they are short-term. When we want to do comm development work, it takes years, right? You have to build trust, relationships, build capacity within communities, collaborate, etc. So longer-term funding, like can we stop having to fundraise every single year for every single project? We're both very tired, you know? So it's like, how can we get funders to come in and Yes, I'll fund you for the next five years. Let's talk about our evaluation indicators together. I think you may have some of that already in some of your funders. Um, but and I mean, she's an exceptional case, but most of us don't have that, right? So, so that we can focus on the work, we can focus on working with communities. So, so longer-term funding, I would say, is another challenge. And then I'll add on a third one, which is gatekeeping. Uh, I guess sometimes, no, not sometimes, often la, when we work with residential communities, for example, so access to space, resources, getting the licensing and all that, you know, so sometimes there's quite a lot of gatekeeping around who gets to work with communities. Um, so that, that's another challenge. And then going back to the trust issue, sometimes it's like, oh, you artist. Sometimes it's like, okay, oh, you artist, I don't know what you do. So there's a lot of education involved. Sometimes there's the, oh, you artist, what are you going to be doing here? You know, is it going to be messy, difficult? What are you going to be provoking? You know, so there's this whole process of engagement, education, building trust, right? So not just within community members, but, be, but between artists and whoever is gatekeeping the resources, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. So let's, let's open it to the floor for, for any questions. Megan, please. Hello, thank you very much. Actually, I kind of just wanted to pick up on what was just discussed. So um, I'm engaged in like arts research, right? And for me, I think I see research as being like integral to the continued like community development of the arts. And I think I see that in like the things you guys are saying, right? In, in the sense of like, okay, we need to expand the scope. Or like, how do we, um, I guess, see, how do we like change the value systems or identify what is important to community building? I'm just, I think I'm curious, like what you guys see as the role of research uh, in the arts and community building and if that has sort of impacted your work, whether it comes to like funding or changing your programs. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Megan. Okay, um, so I was quite, uh, I mean, I would, yeah, it's an exceptional case. I'm also, I think, fortunate. I think the stars align. So um, three, maybe two years ago, I, I did get a funding where I could um, further experiment with the Kids Club project and I was able to also get in researcher. So I have two areas of research. One is on practice. So I had a doctor, I mean, I'm, she's still with us, yeah, Dr. Norlina. So she comes in and really study the practice on the ground and talk about what is the valuable practices uh, in community building and also in the arts. So we, we talk about there's a value in dialogue 
and play with the community. So there is a practice research. I'm also very fortunate that I also have a team of researchers from uh, Research for Impact. So they are helping us to look at evaluation of the work, what are the outcomes. So I'm very fortunate in a way that I didn't have to start off with, I need to fulfill certain outcomes. So I really did it in a very ground up um, manner. Um, actually, I think only after two years later, like right now, two and a half years later, then we realized that, okay, from the ground, we want to look at a certain outcome on a personal level for the benefit of the kids, and then there's like domain level. So basically, yeah, there's a research in practice and also a research in evaluation. So the evaluation part is really important to the stakeholders lah, in that sense. And I think that's a very important part of the work because you are really changing that narrative and, how, and indicators of how do you look at the work, how do you measure the work, yeah. I just want to say exceptional case, but you work them bloody hard for it. So I, I really want to say that, you know, because it's not just about being lucky, but I think, I think you have worked. Uh, really hard, yeah. Um, are you asking about arts research in particular? Uh, when you say research, yeah. Uh, we definitely need more arts researchers. Uh, there is a huge lack, especially in the social practice field. Um, and it is so important that our work gets uh, documented, but also reflected upon, and for there to be critical discourse. Um, I know of, I mean, not just our work, uh, other artists, you know, doing social practice who are very interested in having researchers, uh, and we all lament on the lack of researchers. Uh, and uh, again, maybe going back to the fact that there's no formal training institution for social practice, therefore the researchers are not coming through as well, right? Um, I know it's something uh, National Arts Council is looking at, but I think they're looking at arts research as a whole versus social practice, and I think they also find a lack. Yeah, you're, you're laughing, I guess you, okay. Um, I mean, for us, we, we work with researchers and we definitely see the importance. I talked about the, the both sides now working with the Malay Muslim community last year. So we collaborated with uh, Dr. Art Malot from the uh, Duke NUS um, Care. Normala Manap, she's of Age Matter, City Hazira. So they were pivotal to doing research uh, with the Malay Muslim community on end of life issues. And with that research report, it then informed how we did program design for both sides now, uh, which we then could iterate over two years. Uh, you know, they, they helped us identify archetypes. There's so many complex issues, right? So what do we start with, you know? So I think research is crucial. I talked about M1 Peer Pleasure Youth Theatre Festival. When we look at issues like poverty, disability, we need to be informed by the communities themselves. We need to be informed by research to do ethical practice, right? So, uh, and then arts research is a different kind of research, but equally important, right? Because then... I think it's about identifying vocabularies as well where we can talk about this, uh, looking at what is significant practice. Uh, and with research, we can then train, right? Because, yeah, so there are many gaps within our ecosystem at this point in time. So please, those of you art students, all of that, consider research, take research seriously, pay attention during those modules, and, and we need more of you. Actually, even within sociology, within political science, they're not crossing over into arts to do research. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Megan actually is a political science. She was, and she's doing art and politics for her master's. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? None. Okay. So I wanted uh, to to ask you, uh, based on what you said earlier, right? <coughs> so society doesn't doesn't trust artists. Well, we know why the state doesn't trust artists, right? 
because the state views artists and troublemakers, but artists are supposed to be troublemakers in, in a way, right? Um, in a good way. Uh, but society doesn't trust, but at the same time, society also expects artists to be resisting, to be provocative, but then society doesn't fund doesn't fund our artists enough. So it, it's, it's a bit of a cognitive dissonance. It's a bit like, like this. You know, I just saw this article yesterday, right? In Woodlands, you know, they cordoned off the void deck for football. And these are the same people who complain when Singapore loses in, in tournaments, right? It seems like there is, no, uh, there is no appetite for it. There is no effort on the part of society. Yet you want to see the outcome. Is that, is that a fair way of, of putting it? I mean, I don't want to generalize, like, Walid, right? I know you're being provocative, so... Um, I mean, certain segments of society, la, not all, right? But I think because we're so pragmatic and we're so efficient, and it's this, you know, kiasu, kiasi mentality, so I want all of this, but not at my expense, la. So that is the tension, right? Uh, and you're right in that then, you know, I, guess, I think those of us who have fewer resources or up against more... Uh, you know, more expectations, uh, but then also we don't have enough and then we're not given, right, those resources or space or recognition or legitimacy. Uh, so that, that's why it is tough, right? Um, I, I don't know what the solution is. It's a, it's a cultural shift. It's a mindset shift on so many levels, not just the art, sports or so. Um, yeah. I can only speak for my personal experience and working in the neighbourhoods. I think... The communities, and I would say communities in the neighbourhood actually, and I think they are also a big part of the society, they don't know about artists. They don't know what you all do. So. The idea of arts is also like, okay, arts is you paint something, right? Um, so, but when I enter in and I introduce like, you know, new ways of doing this, like, you know, one of the things that I did was to transform like a durian shop into a <laughs> um, photo lab. Yeah, in the neighborhood. Then they're like, wow, they're not very interesting, huh? Yeah, quite good, right? So I also, you know, like I think what Sulin was saying uh, before, just not enough people doing the work. By the same time, I think it's a bit of a chicken or egg thing. La. It's like, hey, you want to do the work, but it's so hard to do the work because if you get a certain funding, you can't do a those funny, funny work like that, also, right? Um, so I think the thing for artists is to be uh, courageous. Uh. Try something, say sorry later. Still try, la, still try. I, I mean, I, I came from that, that, that way of growing up also. Mm. Then more people see it, and I think they are very receptive when they see the work. Yeah. I, I just add on, I mean, I think part of our role also is to democratize access to the arts, which is why we are doing the work within communities as well. Because you're right, actually, maybe most of society doesn't care two hoots about the arts. I mean, or artists, or like, Non-essential, right? So, so here we are, you know, talking about all these things, but actually we don't even exist, maybe in many people's minds. Uh, but again, speaking from experience, like with the Both Sides Now work, within Yishun now, we're working with seniors, eight women, and they're enjoying the process so much. Um, I, I think it's a very new space for them to even be interacting and forming relationships with artists who, I guess, dare to ask difficult and weird questions of them or existential, philosophical questions and not 
thinking that, oh, community, you know, just because you are a HDB auntie, you wouldn't have an answer to this. Like, there are really no assumptions. And suddenly, like, wow, someone really wants to hear my story. Someone actually wants to know what I think about the meaning of life. Uh, and just being given that space, uh, actually, they, they come alive and they really enjoy it. And then to be introduced to an arts practice or different, you know, um, to paint or photography or, you know, I, I, it's a world they are not exposed to. Uh, and then they really, um, I, I think it's about being witnessed. I think it's about recognizing that they can be creative, imaginative too, right? Uh, and then not only that, am I creating work? I get to share it with my neighbors, family, friends. Then they also, um, their identity gets reframed. You know, people see beyond you're an auntie living in a HDB and maybe I have all these assumptions about you. Yeah, um, so I think that experience of art uh, is, is empowering for them. And yeah, I guess it's not happening enough. Um, and maybe if it happens more, then societal perceptions of art can change as well and who artists are. And there's a whole spectrum. And not, it's not like one form or one type of artist is better than another. We all need each other, uh, actually. It's, it's not happening enough. If it happens more, societal perceptions will change. But it's not happening enough because of societal perceptions about art, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, by the way, uh, what, what, what do you say? Do now, say sorry later. That's also my, my marriage philosophy. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, earlier on you asked this question about why uh, alarm bells ring when they hear artists or um, creative people working. It's really education. It boils down to education. Um, because then the society will understand better if the society are educated in art. And it's not just because, okay, I teach, I've been teaching 30 years, I teach art. Um, it's not just about getting your hands dirty, it's not just about techniques, learning techniques. It's about concepts, it's about talking about your ideas, your questions through your making. It's about, yeah, discussion, it's about agreeing, uh, you can disagree, what is it? Agree to disagree and feeling confident to share your concepts and your ideas. Feeling confident with your mistakes. So with, if we grow up with this, I think a lot of people will be like, okay, ah, I see. Oh, really? No, I don't agree. Ah, yeah, maybe. Or maybe two years later, ah, I think you're right. You know, it's just about having the confidence to think. <laughs> actually, you know, and, and why people are afraid, we all know, is because they don't understand or they don't know. That starts the fear, like, oh no. But yeah, you know, like we are just asking for basic things like spray fixative or things like that and they're scared that you might explode, you know. So it's very basic things like that, which I think is really, really the understanding. And if art is, um, I mean, it's exposed at a very young age. I'm very sure the understanding will be just like English, you know, just like maths, just like, you don't need to be very good at it, but it exists and it's okay, right? Um, there's another point which I forgot already. Yeah, thank you, sorry, uh, bef before I let me, I, so, so your point is, there is a lack of understanding of the power of art, which is why it's not the understanding of 
what art is and what it can facilitate. What if it's actually a precise understanding of what can, what art can facilitate? It's is is what makes it dangerous. Um, that probably is fear from the state because they may know. But in terms of society, I since yeah, I have been teaching ac actively in the art industry, art education in Singapore. There are changes now, yes. Uh, but what was your question again? Ah, yeah, but. The society are hungry to know, and once we expose them to what art can do and what art is, a lot of them feel empowered and inspired, and then they're like, oh, this is fun, really, actually. And yeah, we do ask them difficult questions. We engage with any sorts of questions. It's not about me telling you what it is and what to do. A lot of the times, it's asking questions, and people get to like, huh, okay, what's your take? And it's fine, you know, it's a safe space. Uh, yeah, I think we need to develop doing that a lot more. Thank you. Um, I think that some things can be also quite simplified. La, quite, it shouldn't be too complex. So I'll just give an example of how um, in, in the Boon in Lay neighborhood. So basically, if you see the aesthetics of our city centre, and the neighborhoods, right, they are like completely different. So you would see like this sort of events all in the city center and they don't exist in the neighborhood. So what are you expecting a neighborhood people to be exposed to the arts when they are all concentrated here, right? So um, I'll just give an example of a mural, series of mural that we did in Boon Lay with Shaw over there. Um, so it's just a very minimalistic like line. Uh. So she drew like you know, just black line of human uh, interactions, real human interactions in the neighborhood. So the neighborhood people will come out and say, this one now not complete, you know? Like never color in and then there's no like, you know, save the environment, that kind of thing. Because if you do the HGB stuff, you have to do that kind of like be a friendly neighbor, that sort of thing. But we, we don't have that lah. Uh, so that again, that already is a very simple resistance to the kind of narrative that is already in the neighborhood. So you don't have to go all out, but just introduce something different lah, and do more and more of it. I think there's this uh, very small exhibition I don't know the artist's name though, but he has this pop-up things that's in the neighborhood. So you already introduce the different aesthetics. Then from there, you can have dialogue. Oh, there's a different way of looking at things. And I think that is really missing in the neighborhood spaces. Okay. So any final thoughts or questions, comments? Yes. So I think a lot of the conversations here were about um, change from bottom up but I'm looking at change from top down as well and my question specifically about representation of artists in positions of power in the state. Uh, what about that? Is that important? Um, yeah, I think that's one question I have from the top down. What are you looking at specifically? So if you have artists in positions of power who understand the value or the role of art in society in shifting culture and consciousness for the long term from both bottom up and top down, then I think you have a better shot at having resources allocated to artists to inspire that change that you want systemically. Yeah. Thank you so much. So the question is about representation of artists in positions of power. We have the NAC and an NMP that is dedicated to the arts, but you clearly think it's not enough. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, what, what do you guys think? I agree. Um... 
Yeah. <laughs> As in, I mean, I, I think it's important uh, to find an artist who wants to occupy that role. Um, perhaps it's something the arts community has to uh, has to work together to surface that. I think sometimes even the arts NMP. Um, but oh, having said that, I think every time it's come around, we do have people wanting to step up, you know. Um, but into in terms of um, a, a with full power, right? So so going into politics fully and and MP and all that route, I think. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see, right? Um, and I think, I guess, space also has to be created for that to happen on both ends, right? Um, so yeah, that is my short answer. Mm, I'm just thinking about artists in power, is that an oxymoron? So, right? Artists, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, that's my response to you. <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, of that as well, right? Because if the nature of art is supposed to be counter-hegemonic, right? Then why would you want somebody... This is uh, basically uh, animal farm all over again, right? <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, so... And, but even, even within the spaces or the opportunities that we have, uh, it's a bit weird how they do it, right? For instance, the, the arts NMP. I believe on a couple of occasions, the arts community have voted for somebody else and parliament or uh, the select committee chose someone else to be the representative, which perhaps tells us a lot about how arts is viewed, certain artists are viewed, and about the NMP process itself. Uh, but that's, uh, I suppose, a conversation for another day. So any final words from the two of you and how can everyone here support whatever you guys are doing. <laughs> Thanks, Walid. Uh, before we started, I did ask Walid, hey, can we do a fundraising pitch at the end? So thank you for that. I mean, now just to say that both uh, Three Pumpkins and ArtSwap we are fundraising at this point in time. So uh, if you can, please donate generously to our cause and our work. Are you on giving.sg? You are, right? Are you? Recently. So we're both on giving.sg uh, and you can just uh, type in ArtSwap and three pumpkins. Yeah, three pumpkins. And three pumpkins. Yeah. So support us if you can. Thanks. Um, our TTKC kids are coming tomorrow, and they are really lovely to talk with. Yeah. Uh, we love to bring the kids out to public events. It does a lot to build their self-esteem. Coming here. Yeah. So you can. You want to make your way down tomorrow. We can just yeah, talk to them. I. I think four or five of them are here. Sorry, one more thing, you're not my team will kill me. We also are doing a learning forum. Uh, this is in March next year for artists and other uh, practitioners, not from the arts as well, uh, if you're interested in arts-based practices. So go to our website, artswalk.org, and under Programs Learning Forum, uh, please come join us. We have a great panels. She's on the panel. She's doing a workshop as well. So panels and workshops. Thanks, Walid. Okay, thank you. So take out your phones, giving.sg. Let's do this now. <laughs> Okay, so please join me in thanking our guests today. Excellent conversation. Thank you so much. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>